guys, thank you so much for uh, tuning in to another episode of the One More Idea podcast. And you know, we always open this up with a quote by Thomas Edison. He says, I have not felt, I found 10,000 ways that won't work. All he needed was one more idea, man. One more idea. That's it. To break through to the other side of that, whatever wall he was hitting, whatever hard, tough spot he was trying to get through, he just needed one more idea. That's it. That's all. And today, we're going to be trying to do everything we can to bring you guys that one more idea. So a special shout out to all of our followers, all of our listeners, everybody who's been sticking through with us. Yeah. We're excited to be, uh, you know, just expanding and, and doing this with a video in the office and yeah. everything that we're doing. We have a great episode in store for you guys, and I can't wait to jump in. Yeah, man. So let's, let's not waste time. And if you have a couple blitz ideas, I'll start off by saying that, you know, it's the... The same thing goes over and over, and for those that may have forgotten, it's January. So if you haven't already prepared your goals or at least a few um, ideas of, of of some habits that you might want to cut out, then this is a time to go ahead and and start thinking about you know what does this year what's it going to look like for you? Like let's start designing 2022, and you know start thinking about some some habits that you want to start implement, uh, implementing in your life good habits obviously and so some of our episodes are going to be about how to create better habits and how to get rid of some bad habits but but i, I guess what i'm saying is i it's time to reflect on what you're looking to accomplish in 2022 and uh and definitely write those down if you haven't already done that so my my first blitz idea is make sure you have your goals or your um your, your habits that you want to improve on or stop doing for 2022 uh so check this out did you hear about the mathematician who's afraid of negative numbers no he'll stop at nothing to avoid them (laughs) (laughs) i like that i just wanted to pull up pull up some uh jokes here yeah that was a good one (laughs) oh did i say musician you said math, mathematician. mathematician. Okay, mathematician. I thought I yeah. said musician. No, mathematician. He'll yeah. stop at nothing to avoid yeah. them. That was really funny. So, uh, <laughs> let me see. Why do act? Why do we tell actors to break a leg? I don't know. Because every play has a cast. Oh yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. Okay, here one more, one more. Uh, wow, this is funny. Uh, Helvetica in Times New Roman walk into a bar. And uh, what? So, what does the restaurant bar owner person say? Uh, no idea, man. Get out of here! Shouts the bartender. We don't serve your type. <laughs> <laughs> That's get funny. it, Helvetica. <laughs> yeah. Times New Roman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we just gotta so get funny. a little, a little bit of funny yeah. jokes, you know, laughing. Um, we're this podcast is always so serious. Yeah, and and I feel like maybe that's something we can start doing with the blitz. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of going off the cuff here. Throw some jokes <laughs> but, out there, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll always start with some jokes. How about that? Yeah, I like so, it. So uh, I think you're gonna love this. We're going to idea blitz. Um, nothing is impossible. The word itself says I'm possible. Mm. Tell me that's not good. That. That's a shift in perspective. Wow, yeah. Um, wow, that is good. So the bad news is time flies. The good news is you are the pilot. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard that before. That's a good one. I use that a lot. Maybe not that, that way, uh, written that way, but it's the, the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> here's a good one. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Mm-hmm. 
that comes back to Thomas Edison. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and he didn't stop with just a light bulb, which was like the biggest success that we can, yeah, I can possibly think Seriously, of that somebody yeah. could have. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have a light lighting us up yeah. right now. We have a light right there. I mean, yeah, heck, it probably even influenced like computers and TVs. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, it's all like so many things stem from that invention is unreal. Yeah. Uh, but what if he would have let his failure for the first like hundred times? be final and then even with that like 10,000 10, tries man and i'm just thinking <laughs> when i try something one like yeah. 10 a dozen times yeah you're you're yeah and then, and then i mess up and fail 10,000 tries yeah it i mean that's like that is a lot of you know it's 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 it's, it's the passion it's the the, the mindset uh, cuz we talked about this in another episode where he he thought he just felt like it was a ten thousand step process. So he changed his whole mindset and and didn't look at it like failure. He just looked at it like this is part of the process, you know. And so yeah, it's it's a it's a mindset for sure. Is what we kind of talk about a lot on our show because everything seems to go back to mindset. How do you, you know, what's your <laughs> what's your attitude after you get you know booted off of a stage or what's your attitude after you get fired from a job? Like what mm-hmm. what are you gonna do with it? You know, how are you going to respond? So, yeah, I love that, man. That's an awesome one. Yeah. Very powerful. Uh, here's a good one. Um, at the end of the day, whether or not those people are comfortable with how you are living your life doesn't matter. What matters is whether you are comfortable with it. That's Dr. Phil. Yeah. So, in yeah. yeah. I do think too often we think too much about what other people think about oh, us. Oh, yeah. Always. Instead of just marching forward to the beat of our own drum and just living the life that we've always wanted to live for ourselves, you know? Um, and it, there's never a better time than now to start pursuing your dreams, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, what's Grant Cardone talks about, you know, uh, fear holds so many people back from just jumping in and just going for it to figuring out the details as you go. You don't have to have it all figured out before you start, but you just have to start somewhere and just go for it. Yeah. You know, I love, uh, I love what uh, Grant actually says in one of his books. He says, you have to jump off a cliff with a parachute and not know if it's going to open or not. Mm. And I, I love that, man. Take a leap of faith, like jump out there, start something new and not care if you hit the ground or not. I mean, What's life if you can't like take risks, calculated risks? Don't jump off a, a bridge without a parachute, but calculated risks, it, it's nothing wrong with that. And you have to do that in order for you to find out what's working, what doesn't, and 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 make it part of the process to where if you fail 12 times, you don't quit. Because just because you're failing, it, you're learning. And then we talk about that a lot. Like, fail forward. <clears throat> failing, failing forward is a really good book from John Maxwell, but it talks about like looking at things like I'm just getting closer to what I want to do. I'm getting closer to the light bulb invention. It's all mm-hmm. part of the process. And so I like that, man. That's good. Here's the last thing I want to add about the whole Thomas Edison 10,000 thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they might get up to like maybe the, let's say 50 tries. Yeah. And then they're like, well, you know what? I'm just not cut out for this. And then they go into a whole different field when they've already mm-hmm. invested so much into it and because they think in their mind, well, this just isn't my expertise. This just isn't my strength. Yeah. And maybe it's not. Maybe like I would go as far as to say it took him 10,000 tries. It, it probably wasn't his. Uh, he Think about all the other things he could have focused on. And 
it's always kind of, it is kind of a battle with that quote because, you know, I think we should always focus on our strengths. Mm -hmm. And when I think about that quote, I feel like Thomas Edison wasn't focusing on his strengths because it it, maybe he was, but to me, it took him 10,000 tries. I feel like he was working in a weak area. Okay. And this can be powerful because maybe he was like, you know, this will be one of the greatest inventions that the world has ever seen. Right. So he knew the importance of working in his weakness. He knew the importance of persevering. He knew how important the, maybe the why behind it was. He had a, his why was bigger than his, you know, challenge or his obstacle. And I think, you know, uh, we're getting really deep here, Yeah. but it just kind of hit me earlier. I was like, Ooh, that's a good point because you know, sometimes your why might be too small. Mm-hmm. And you need to find a bigger why. And especially with music, you know, music, learning instruments is one of the hardest things you can do. And the people who get really good at it have a very, very, very big why. Yeah. Now, and the people who are even better at it, they don't only have a big why, but they're talented. Talent plus people. And we talked about that mm-hmm. on our last podcast oh, yeah. episode. Yeah. But if you give give me somebody who has a huge why, who has talent, and then they have all those plus characteristics like perseverance, like passion, like courage, like teachability, great relationship builder, great attitude. They have all those other areas that require no talent. You're going to have somebody who is going to be very, very, very effective, yeah. and they're they're just going to magically have every door opening up for them. Yeah, and typically know? the the most successful people, they they you can describe them as as what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've heard that, like I've read numerous uh, books about uh, you know Tom Brady is the 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 subject, and um, it talks a lot about those um, unseen things. Like we know he's talented. But he has these other characters that, if you compare him to Michael Jordan, they're very similar. They're very similar to Kobe Bryant. They're very similar to these top, top athletes. And, you know, surely there's other people out there that are very talented, but you don't even know of them. Mm-hmm. Because maybe, like we were talking before in the past, that their attitude's so bad to where people don't even want to deal with them. I've literally, I've literally seen multi-million dollar athletes just get kicked off a team and no one ever signs them again because they're a cancer man and so they have the greatest talent in the world but these other factors which man i I love that you brought that up because it kind of continues to go back to those those unseen things that you don't have to have talent to to have so i love it man so yeah it kind of leads me a little bit into what my big idea is for the day and i wanted to say before we get started, I want to introduce it. So do do we think that one day, and, and this is this might be someone that has great talent, might be thinking this, man, I'm going to learn how to play a guitar and I'm going to get a record contract and land a deal with a band and a, and a record contract and I'm going to be a multi-million dollar you know, performer. And or we have some people that might say, you know, man, I'm going to keep playing the lottery because one day I'm going to hit it big. Like it's always this one day. It's always this big event that people live their whole lives, you know, striving for. And I'm not knocking your if that's your goal to scratch off and win the lottery. Does it happen? Yes, it does happen. But what I have been researching and reading and and just kind of studying lately has been this rule, this 
this thing that's called the 1% rule. Very simple to remember. And what it is is that what you have to do is challenge yourself every single day to become 1% better mm. than you were yesterday. And it's very simple. It's a compound effect. And so there's a story where this this king was dying and he gave his sons an option to basically take a penny. And you guys can Google this. It's a real story. And there's a there's a um, there, there's a real um, I guess there at the end of it, there's a you know, like there's a you know, there's a what's, what am I trying to say? Like there's a. Um, a, a story, a lesson, or something like that to be told. And what it is is that the, the he gave one son an, a, a, a chance to have a penny that doubles every single day. So day two he'll have two pennies. Day four, day day three he'll have four. Uh, day 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 four he'll have eight pennies, and it just adds up and adds up. But he gave the he gave them both the option to to take that or to get a take a million dollars. And the one son said, you know what? I'll take the million dollars. And he mocked the other son. He said, you're stupid. Like, why would you take a penny over and over? You're never going to have more money than me. He invested the money into something similar to the stock market. This was years ago when there was royalty kings and all that going on. He invested in the stock market, and he actually had a bad, bad um, experience. He lost a Hmm. ton of money, and he was almost flat broke within one year. Well, throughout this story, they go back to the other son that took the compounding penny, and he had $8 million after his first year, mm. right? So the son goes back to him and said, the, the brother goes to him and says, how did you do, how did that happen? And he said that it, if a penny doubles every single day, then basically at the end of the month, I have I have so much more money than if I, than if I took the million dollars. And so I put that, and I'm gonna, about to let Michael jump in, but... If you put that in perspective in your life, if you're doing something every single day to get 1% better, then you're essentially compounding your <clears throat> you're compounding things that normally would take forever for you to achieve but because you're actually adding something to it. So a podcast, reading one chapter of a book every single day will get you 1% better. Um, like maybe taking an online course will get you 1% better. Maybe uh, working on like speakers that Michael was working on every single day of studying. I mean, what 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 could that look like? Like, here's something else. What about if you exercise 30 minutes more a day Hmm. every single day? You're getting one percent better. But how does that compound over time? And here's the last thought. And I'll let Michael comment is that the reason why, because most people say, well, I don't do that because. Here's the number one answer why people don't do that. The 1% better is because they say, man, that 1% stuff, like I never see results. If I would work out 30 minutes a day extra, I'm not going to see immediate results. I'm not going to be ripped next week. But at the end of the year, what is that going to look like for you? What if you save an extra 10 bucks out of every paycheck? You're not going to see an immediate increase. You're going to have 20 bucks, but at the end of the year, and at the end of three years, in the end of five years, what is that going to look like for you? So I'm going to hush because I'm really excited to hear what Michael has to say about that. But that's my big idea for the day. Don't get too excited because <laughs> <laughs> I just want to uh, break the ice with a joke. <laughs> but uh, see, we're already laughing now. Yeah. So, uh, yes, uh, bad dad joke. Okay. okay. All right. Yesterday at eight o'clock, 
It's very time consuming. <laughs> it gets better, especially when I went back for seconds. <laughs> Isn't that such a bad dad that is, joke? That is a horrible man, joke, man. So that horrible that might have joke. to be a new segment is bad dad jokes. Bad dad joke. That's a horrible joke, man. But you know, I so, had to I had to laugh though. Um, you know, joy is just it's good for the heart. That's yeah. what the Bible says. So he, here's my takeaway from the one percent rule. So. Let's say a piece of paper, okay? Yeah. And I, I had a band director talk about this, and he talked about, like, uh, your musical abilities. Okay. And I have lived by this probably since I was a skateboarder is where I maybe got it. I don't know where it came from. It's just, like, an ability that I've always had is the 1% rule. I, d- I didn't have a name for it, though. I just did it. Right. So you take this one piece of paper, and okay. let's say every day you add a piece of paper to it. Mm-hmm. Well, in the beginning... It doesn't look like that much. Not at all. Right? Yeah. One more but as I just keep adding paper, let's say, you know, seven days goes by and every day I add some more paper, a few days goes by. Or yeah. let's say every day I, I write a page for a book. There you go. You know, well, now it's getting a little bit thicker. Let's say however many, let's say this is 40 days. Boom. That's yeah. looking thicker. Yeah. Let's say it's 100 days. You know, well, I have actually have a big book right here. You know, well, now we're, say how... Let's see how many hundred. This is oh, it's seventy-five. Now we're a hundred days. Every day I write a page. Right. Right. Yeah. This is a hundred and forty-seven days. Hundred and sixteen days. Right wow. here. Wow. And by the end of it, if every day I write a page, then by the end of it, you know, and we do this for three hundred and eighty days. See how that one percent rule just starts to start yeah, uh, compound. And let's say some of those days I maybe wrote three pages, or I always tell people on the production team at our church because they're like, how'd you get to where you know how to do so much in the production booth? Every week, I learned at least one new thing. I learned how to do the lights better. I learned how to tweak this EQ on the soundboard. I learned how to like plug this cable into this or reroute it like this or do this on the board. And when you stockpile that every single week, that in a lot of those weeks, I was probably learning a dozen things or more, you know, honestly. So... You do that for four years. I've been in our church since 2017. Right. Or more than four years. You know, what do you think is going to happen at the end of the year? Yeah. I mean, if you do it for three months, every single day you're learning something new. You're watching tutorial videos. You're re- Now we have YouTube. Yeah. Back in the day, we didn't. You know, what if we had YouTube back when I tried to do my first gig? You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And my cousin's like, hey, just fill it. And I'm like, you know what? Ah, I want to prepare better. I'm going to go find a tutorial video on these songs we're doing. And I'm going to watch these tutorials when he goes to sleep. And I'm just going to yeah. you know, stay up all night learning and prepare. You know, now we can do that. And there's articles. There's free articles. You can go to the library. You can, you can read book after book after book. Man, when I started my barbecue business, I checked out and just three months ago, I went to the library and checked out a 14 books, more books than you're allowed to. Right. And I was like, oops, I'm sorry. And they were like, hey, it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and I had a late charge I had to pay like of $6, paid right. that. And I have another late charge I have to pay, $14, but I can pay it whenever I want. But I got a hundreds of recipes on sides, on the main dishes, on everything. And not that I can't find them on the internet. But these are like really good, phenomenal books, you know, Um, I did the same thing on small engine repair. I did the same thing. And what 
coming back to your idea to refocus mm-hmm. it, yeah. you know, all I do is I learn one thing out, out of all of it. And to me, that's beneficial, you know, but when you keep doing it over a long period of time, people start to notice and doors start to open and abilities start to emerge. And when you apply this to more than just like one interest, but over the span of like the range of everything that's possible, you'll find yourself a, uh, just, like if people were to look around my office right now, you'd see pianos mm-hmm. that I'm working on tuning. You'd see this table that my computer and stuff's on that I'm going to put a soundboard on. And I mean, I just am constantly, even this book, this is a sound reinforcement handbook, mm-hmm. you know, on how to like run sound better. Right. Constantly learning, constantly improving, constantly growing. I don't even know what it's going to be like five years from now for me right. because I'm just never limited to one lane, to one area, to one expertise. Yeah. I'm constantly learning and growing in all these areas, at least 1% better always. So I'm kind of on a rant right now, but uh, you struck a nerve with me. And this is an area that I very, very, very strongly believe that you guys really, if, if you're not doing it, you should do it and you will thank us later <laughs> because you'll find at the end of it, if you do it for like, I don't know, try it for, they say 28 days to create yeah. a habit, Yeah. pick something that you're going to do for 28 days. And in the book, they actually have a two minute rule that mm-hmm. I thought was pretty cool. Okay. If, if it takes less than two minutes, then do it now. And he says, generally you'll find that any habit can be scaled into a two minute version. So like read before bed each night becomes read one page before bed each night, uh, do 30 minutes of yoga becomes take out my yoga mat. Um, study for class becomes open my notes, mm-hmm. fold the laundry becomes fold one pair of socks, run three miles becomes tie my running shoes. So, and I remember this book cause I actually, I heard the author talk about it on a podcast and he yeah. summarized the whole book. Right. And he was talking about this idea that for a lot of people, um, <clears throat> to go to the gym and start an entire workout program is like way too much mm-hmm. for them. You know, but he said, can they drive to the gym, sit in the parking lot and then drive back home? Because in doing that, you're beginning the process of the habit because within that habit, there's a bunch of different small steps that build up the big goal that you're trying to complete. So by just driving to the, well, the next day you drive to the gym, you get out of your car, you walk in and then you walk out, go to your car and go home. And then you said, okay, the next day you do those steps and then you go to the, like a curl bar and do one curl. Um, Get your bag, get in the car, go back home. And he said the next day, do five curls. And what begins to happen, now you have built a habit of going to the gym. Right. And uh, he talks about habit stacking with habits. Uh, when you do something, put another habit on it. Yeah. Like where you have your coffee machine, put like a little post-it thing. Yeah. And when you're making your coffee, you're waiting for it. So write down all the little reminders that you need for the rest of the day. Yeah. And then take them with you and put them. So So it's, it's a pretty powerful book. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the whole 1% thing is like, you know, um, when you're trying to, uh, Dave Ramsey says, how do you eat an elephant? Yeah. One spoon at a time. Yeah. One bit at a time. That's awesome, man. I like your analogy with the, um, the, the, the notepad. That's pretty powerful. Um, another thing too, in the book, 
is that what I got from it was when we talk about habits, because obviously getting 1% better is forming better habits. But he was saying that if you want, like Michael was talking about the gym, if you want to go start working out, as soon as you get home, he was saying, don't don't jump into your like pajamas, put on some workout clothes. And uh, the other thing, too, that I got out of it was if you're wanting to learn how to like, let's say you're learn want to learn how to play a guitar. Well, he said, put it in plain view, like mm. put it in the middle of your living room floor where yep. you, you have to see it. Because if you put it in a closet, you're never going to go get the guitar. If you're, that's why there's some books that are probably like dusty right now in your house. Can I hit on that real quick? Yeah, please, please. So he talks about this idea that uh, the more inconvenient it is, yeah. it, and it can work both ways. Something you, a habit you're trying to kick, yeah. Make it as absolute inconvenient for you to do that thing. To like, uh, let's say you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to eat a certain way, yeah. Put all the carb-inducing things and all the sugary stuff and all that in a shelf that you have to, like, you know, get on a ladder yeah. and, like, reach all the way to the top, all the way in the back, all the way behind, like, all the good stuff you yeah. should be eating. Yeah. And then what you'll find is that you're more likely to eat the things that are easier for you to get, like, put the fruit, put, put the vegetables within arm's reach right when you walk to where the fridge is. Yeah. You know, the same thing can happen with habits. Yeah, exactly. So, like... If you're looking to read, which is what we talk a lot about reading and educating yourself. So, but you're getting distracted by like the TV. Well, take your remote, take your batteries out, put the batteries on the other side of the room. Mm -hmm. And imagine if you're like sitting on your couch and you're trying to grab for your remote and there's no batteries, but there's a book there. Chances are you're going to pick the book up as opposed to getting up and going to get the batteries. And he even said that if you want to be real extreme, take the TV set out of your living room and put it somewhere else and only watch it at certain times. But Michael's right. If you can make a habit you're trying to kick like inconvenient, like the, the chances are you're not going to do it. And on the flip side, if you're looking to read more, then why don't you have a book on your bed under your pillow next to your nights on your nightstand? And that way you see it and you're like, oh, yeah, I need to catch up on some reading as opposed to watching TV. So the one percent rule, basically, if you're getting one percent better, then obviously if you have a bad habit and you keep doing that bad habit, then are you getting one percent better every day? Probably not. But mm -hmm. if you're doing something better. Implementing more positive habits than you are. So if you're not a reader, then you can start, like he said, with the gym. Then you can start by reading one page of a magazine article that you know one a, a day, or maybe whip out your YouTube. We talked about YouTube and watch one motivational video every morning and replace the the morning news. You know, so there's ways that you can get one percent better. Before we close out, obviously, I want to me and Michael. I want to kick some ideas on some ways that we could throw out there some ideas on how to get 1% better. For me, like mine is definitely the game changer for me has been reading like a little bit a day to the point where I got to where it's chapters a day. And then now it's like, you know, maybe 50 pages a day or something like that. it's, it's gotten higher because hmm. now it's like no big deal. But at first, like reading a book, I was just like, I don't want to read like, but I started small. So I got 1% better by just doing that thing so what are some things for you man that you find that like it helps you get one percent better well here's something i want to talk about that uh, to really unpackage it i think it's going to be a next podcast <laughs> uh but there's a book called getting things done mm -hmm. and he really dives deep into this whole idea i'm about to talk about but i think uh you got to declutter your mind 
excuse me. So sometimes we might be wanting to start a habit or do something, but we constantly forget about it. And the thing about our mind is that it reminds us at the most inconvenient time. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, so you want to start reading that book, but it's been a busy day <laughs> and you're about to go down to bed to bed and, uh, you know, you take a shower and all of a sudden you remember, Oh man, I was supposed to read that book, but I forgot. Now I'm too tired. You know, uh, well, I'll just read it tomorrow. Yeah. First thing in the morning. So you wake up, you, you wake up a little bit late or whatever, or you just, you're focused on other things and, and you're preparing breakfast and you're eating breakfast and you look at your watch, you're like, okay, oh wow, I need to leave in five minutes. And then you remember, oh man, I was supposed to read that book today. Right. The most inconvenient time. So true. Because you were focusing on everything else. Yeah. And then... You know, you're on your way to work and you're like, well, I have a break at lunch, about a 30 minute break and I'll, I'll do that, you know, at lunch, I'll just read just one, we're just trying to read one page, you know, so work starts to happen and and you talk to somebody you haven't talked to in 10 years. You're like, dude, you want to go grab lunch? (laughs) And you're all excited about it. You're like, yes. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to go grab lunch with you. And the process repeats itself. Right. You're on your way to eat lunch with your friend and your brain reminds you. Yeah. Don't forget it. Which is actually a good time to remember because remember before lunch, it was a good time to remember. Yeah. Because you were going to be free, but then something unexpected happened, things changed, and now you're not. But you're reminded at an inconvenient time. That's right. Um, when maybe earlier in the day, after that phone call and after that new uh, arrangement was made. Maybe you had a 10 minute like slump where you could have read the book, but you decided to catch up on work thing. You see what I'm saying? How yeah, it all just yeah, kind of, so here's the idea. Fire your administrative brain, just fire it. Just get rid of trying to do things with your brain. Right. Because here's the problem with our brain. Research has proven that we can only focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. That, so true. And a lot of people talk about multitasking or really they're just quick at jumping from one thing to the next and they're just jumping back and forth or jumping all over the place. Our mind research has proven this is a scientifically re- proven thing. We can only focus on one thing at yeah. a time. And that's true. Yeah. So, and, yeah. you know, so um, what you can do, though. Uh, for me, it's Evernote. And remember how we talked about the one page thing? Yeah, yeah, of course. Turns out that didn't work for me. <laughs> so I scrapped that because it didn't work. And I was like, man, maybe I'm just not a list person. I'm just not going to focus on that. Well, if you remember, I went through a mentoring yeah. thing. Yeah, and, yeah, I and remember. And everybody thinks and everybody works differently. And he told me about the book. And with my personality, I work best when I just get like I'm an idea, like I, I want the faucet to just be going and right. not have anything stop it. Gotcha. Constant ideas, constant new things, constant production, constant creativity. So what I need to do is get rid of the things that are clogging that that faucet from pouring out constantly. That's right. And the way that I do that, here's the deal with our mind. When we have a problem, remember how I talked about what happens. Right. Right. We, our minds race to solve that problem mm-hmm, yeah. and what'll happen, we'll get backed up on projects and goals and to-do lists because, uh, our mind can't think far enough mm-hmm. to do that new thing. Yeah. Okay. So this is where the problem arises is that we have a clog, right? And the clog is that we hold on to all these projects and all these ideas. And I said, I was going to save it, but I'm just diving no, into good, it. Man. Good. <laughs> this is really good. Yeah. So. What you got to do 
is it, uh, this book talks about the bucket. Okay. When you have an idea that pops up in your mind, it is now in a bucket mm-hmm. of your mind and your biggest job is to get it out of your mind and onto something as quick as you possibly can. Right. Like, Oh my gosh, I just got an idea. Pad. Yeah. Write it down. Uh, yeah. Rip it off. Put it in my pocket. Gotcha. How many of us have done that? Or yeah. write it on my hand so I won't forget. Yeah. You know? And what happens? We forget. Yeah. Because you have to have a dashboard where you keep all of your projects and all of your lists. Yeah. And for me, it's Evernote. So with Evernote, I can actually put tags on different notes that I made. And yeah. my Evernote has like pr- probably by now hundreds of tabs, yeah. uh, tags right. of like recipes, uh, awesome websites, um, restaurants, you know, Houston restaurants, uh, cool places to go to, random things and important things. You you. know, so uh, staff meeting notes and then I can put a tag on it or I can just search for it. And it used to be Samsung notes is where I did all that. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I swapped to Evernote is because Evernote not only allows you to categorize your notes, but uh, let's say I make a checklist on one of my notes. I can go to where it says tasks Mm -hmm. and for per all my notes, it categorizes all my tasks to where I can see them. And when I check it off, it disappears. Wow. So Evernote is like a really powerful tool for me. And I think everybody has, everybody has a dashboard where they put notes and things. Mm -hmm. And my, uh, whole with on the topic of 1% and getting better at things. Um, sometimes you might be having too many things on your mind and you need to declutter it by getting, getting better at your dashboard where you keep all those things at so that you don't have to constantly remind yourself. You let your dashboard do that for you. And you go, and we talk a lot about the dashboard, you know, and you can use the other dashboard from the earlier podcast too. It can all be the same thing. But, uh, you know, with this particular dashboard, this is where you put projects. This is where you put tasks. This is where you put like next action steps. Mm -hmm. And these are the types of things that like, um, as I have gotten better at my dashboard and, and things like that, mm-hmm. my productivity and remembering things has like gone through the roof. Wow. I mean, it's just like, cause I, I realized that it's true that like for me, I'm not good at remembering things at the right time. Yeah. I am good at remembering things cause typically if you have a good, like, uh, you don't have any mental problems or anything, you can typically remember things. Yeah. And even if you do even more so you got to get a good dashboard going, man. Um, yeah. so I feel like I really know that you, that's a you, lot you, of information. Yeah. You peeled back the onion. Well, uh, I'll say that, um, I think, the, the not remembering things at the right time is something I I think I'm probably fair to say that a lot of us struggle with that because like if we don't put it in our phone or have something written down, then it does happen at the most inconvenient time. Just like when you leave the house, for some reason, you always think, did I turn the oven off? Did I even turn the oven on? Like mm-hmm. your brain is, is already, your brain's always working. And it's like, hey, you better make sure because you know what can happen. So it does that with ideas too. And so for me, the biggest aha that you said was that have something handy to, to write these notes down because I've thought of some really good stuff, things in the past. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I really should, I really need to explore that more when I have time and I forgot it. And then maybe months later, I'll see somebody else had that same idea and they actually did something with it. Yeah. So, um, I, I love that. I think, uh, if it's an app, if it's, you know, a piece of paper, 
then I think one step to getting 1% better every day is to jot down your idea. And actually in this book that I got this from, it did talk a lot about journaling helps you get 1% better every day. Because mm-hmm. if, if, again, think about this, and this is going to be like a big aha for you guys, but the Thomas Edison quote that we that we talk about do you think that on 9998 or 99 failed times do you think that he had some something written down that said hey if you do this mechanically this is not going to work do you think that he knew that the 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 failures and the documenting the failures and to write it down helped him get to that 10,000 uh, time that he actually created the light bulb so i think in the journey of getting one percent better you have to write down the failures too and you have to write down all the ideas because that's part of of getting that get better every day so i love it man if you want to i don't know if we're at that time but man if you want to shut it down i'm ready to hear what you got to say man uh <laughs> so i'm writing something down so and I don't know if everybody can see this, but I know you probably can, Mike. So we have problems, and mm-hmm. when we have a problem, our mind is racing mm-hmm. to find a solution. Yeah. So here's what happens. We want new ideas all the way over here, but but your brain is really smart in the sense that it's, it's not going to tell you about something that you want to do, like that thing that you're talking about, the... Mm-hmm. cool idea the new idea it's gonna hang on to that and like bury it way deep mm. because of the problems that it's racing to solve yeah and what happens is when you take your problems and make the clutter put all that on the dashboard into a place where your brain now realizes hey he's he found a solution for that all you have to remember is to go look at the dashboard that so that's the solution yeah. because you haven't forgot about it but you you trick your brain into thinking that you found a solution wow. because your brain realizes hey he's not going to he's not forgetting about it he's yeah. put it in a place where he can go back and and look at it it's there is a solution there so what'll happen is your brain is like okay now that you've solved this it stopped racing to figure it out yeah so now it can tell you about this new idea Right now, you have declogged the faucet, and there's new ideas that are yeah. able to flow out. Of course. That yeah. your brain is like, okay, now that you've decluttered me, I'll tell you about these things you've been wanting to know about. And I have seen this firsthand. Mm-hmm. It's been a game changer for me. Um, so when I'm starting to feel like I'm backed up and bogged down, mm-hmm. I'll go back to my dashboard and just start like getting everything out. And then it frees me up again. It's yeah. kind of like you got to clean out your system. Yeah. Like uh, clear the cache yeah, on the yeah. computer. So you know? that's awesome. And another thing too, when we talk about putting things in this bucket to free up your, your brain space, is that um, the other purpose of your brain is to protect you from danger. So, right. so a lot of what your brain is telling you to not start that business because, well, well, you might not want to do that because you're not going to have a, a guaranteed salary, which means that, you know, you're going to starve to death, you know, so your brain also, you have to sometimes take those thoughts and put them in that bucket too and say, it's okay. I have a plan. I have some money saved up so I, I can do this. And then once you do that, what, what I found is that all the ideas 
that flow help you become better at you know jumping off the ledge and starting this business because you're not worried anymore you're not fearful because again your your brain is there to protect you from like if if our brain wasn't there to protect you walk off a cliff and not know that you know you're gonna probably die you hit the bottom so there's a lot of things that you have to trick yourself into like not not spending time and brain power like working on whenever if you just dump it in that bucket that michael's talking about you can be thinking about more productive things so i like that man that was awesome uh so as we close this out yeah you know what time it is (laughs) bad dad jokes i'm gonna throw another one in there so mike how do celebrities stay cool i don't know they have many fans <laughs> okay so we'll close it out with that yeah. uh you know albert einstein says uh we cannot change our problems with the same thinking that we used when we created them yeah we found out about them in the first place so that's what this podcast is all about helping you guys ha- yeah. change your stinking thinking and have better thinking so that yeah. you can have that we we want to hear about that next invention or that next one more idea that you guys are going to have yeah so thank you guys so much for tuning in today and uh, you know make sure to hit like subscribe and follow us on all the places that we're posting this stuff and we can't hear uh, can't wait to hear about the stories of all the one more ideas that you guys are going to have absolutely thank y'all for watching